Welcome to The Weather Review, the podcast that takes you beyond typical forecasts and storm chasers logs, delving into recent weather and climate occurrences you may have just seen in the news. My name is Gavin White, and I am your host for The Weather Review. Quite the interesting week, to say the least, in the weather world. Lots of severe weather, tornadoes, unimaginably sized hail, strong storms across good chunks of the country, the lower plains, the southeast, the mid-Atlantic, even the Great Lakes in Ohio. Lots of very severe weather this last week, primarily on Thursday and Friday, the 15th and 16th respectively. There was a tragic Texas tornado that claimed um, the lives of three people in Perrington, Texas, along just with widespread severe weather even after that for the next 48 hours or so. And that's what we'll be delving into this week on the weather review. So jumping right on in, very, very strong storms uh, moved into the lower plains and the southeastern U.S. on Thursday, June the 15th. So where did these storms come from? That's where we're going to begin here. Where on earth did these storms come from, and did we know they were coming? So the Storm Prediction Center, a branch of the National Weather Service, they issue what they call convective outlooks one, two, three days in advance. These convective outlooks give what they're expecting, the severity of different um, thunderstorms in the areas. The severity ranges as low as just thunderstorms to marginal, slight, enhanced, moderate, and high risk for severe storms. That's the category from zero to five. So I'll link it in the description below, um, their categorical outlook for Thursday the 15th, early or early morning. You'll see a good red blob right over mostly Oklahoma and a little bit of Texas. That's the moderate. That's the highest that we had over this two-day span for severe weather. They're expecting some very, very strong, very strong storms down in that area. So the jet stream's been acting really weird this month. That's why we've seen a lot of very odd weather for this time of year. We can pretty much we have El Nino to thank. It's we've seen it in the past before, so it's expected that it's. Um, affecting the jet stream now, in which the jet stream kind of splits over North America, where you have an upper part that goes into Canada and a lower part that continues in the south, southern part of the United States. So we're kind of seeing that now, just an already disturbance in the jet stream. So part of the Storm Prediction Center's convective outlook was that a shortwave trough was moving into the area, right? This A disturbance in part of the atmosphere, part of the jet stream, that had a lot more upward motion than you would typically expect. So ahead of this shortwave trough, there was a lot more upward motion that was seen within the jet stream. In front of this shortwave trough, there was a very large, moist, and unstable air mass. This is the southern plains. It's right there on the border of the jet stream. There's a lot of hot air right over the Texas area, which makes sense for there being a very, very warm, moist, unstable air right there, right ahead of that shortwave trough. In addition to that, a low-pressure system started to form, but along with that, it began to deepen, meaning that it's strengthening. So we have the shortwave trough that already has upward motion as a result of a very unstable jet stream. We had a very large, moist, and unstable air mass, and now we have a low-pressure system that is strengthening. As it's strengthening, there's a cold front that's forming on the front end of it, on the southern end of this low-pressure system. In the description below, I'll include a link that'll show this. But this cold front ahead of this low-pressure system mixed in with this moist, unstable air mass that is beginning to have upward motion due to the shortwave trough 
created a rapid increase in storms. And eventually a line of supercell storms form, very, very strong thunderstorms. And they, the Weather Service even declared that there was a threat of a derecha. Now, I don't believe that came to be, but we saw other things, unfortunately, that did come to be. So I'll, I'll also link this image down below. A radar, it's from the Storm Prediction Center. It's a radar signature over this area they were watching with Perryton, Texas is in the map. is like a blue circle circling kind of the whole area that they're watching with this very intense line of supercells, of supercells that are beginning to form. We have all these strong storms here. There's a lot of juice for these storms to continue, right? There's a very moist, unstable air mass, pretty much breeding grounds for strong storms. It's a low-pressure system with a cold front in the front, right? Cold front brings rain, brings storms. So all this is combining right here over the plains where they, the Storm Prediction Center put out a moderate risk for severe weather, converging right in that area, getting ready to follow the jet stream southeasterly. Then all of a sudden... Perryton, Texas, had a very unfortunate tornado, which I can all but guarantee that you've seen in the news. One of these supercells formed a very strong tornado, destroyed dozens of buildings, claimed the lives of three people, and injured over 50 others. Very, very tragic event that unfolded down there as a result of these strong storms from this low-pressure system from the shortwave trough. But it wasn't unexpected, though. And I hate to say that because people will always say, oh, it was an unwarned storm. We didn't know it was coming. No one told us. We didn't hear the sirens. I know it's a sensitive topic right now given the, the timetable since that tornado happened. So I know I'm, I'm kind of treading on dangerous waters right now bringing this into the discussion. But it's, it is a discussion worth having is that no, we, no one knows specifically where a tornado is going to form. It's, you, there's no definite way that you can know that until it's on the ground. However, the National Weather Service does know when the ingredients are there for it to happen in the form of tornado watches, in the form of convective outlooks. They put those out for a reason, to give people and communities a heads up, hey, severe weather's moving to the area, be prepared, something may happen. It's no definitive answer that yes, it is or isn't going to happen. It's just there's a good chance something severe could happen. The ingredients are ideal for it in this in this area, this X area. So we do know that these things happen. We know before it happens. Nine times out of ten, we know before it happens when it's going to happen. So in this particular instance, on Wednesday the 14th, Storm Prediction Center, their day two, so a day prior to the day they're forecasting for their convective outlook, had a slight risk for that region to begin with. They were already anticipating some severe weather of some sort to move across that area. And then on the day of the event, the convective outlook was issued for that day at 6 a.m. UTC, which is essentially 1 a.m. Eastern time. You can adjust for your time zone accordingly. Very, very early in the day, well before these storms. These storms didn't come through until the evening, evening hours of the day. You have the entire day in which this came out. Hey, there is strong stuff coming through. There's a moderate risk. Category 4 for severe weather in this area. Additionally, they've uh, published out a special weather outlook for severe weather in that area later in the day at 4.53 Central Time. And then, finally, the tornado warning for Perrington was issued by the National Weather Service office in Amarillo. I hope I'm saying that right. Amarillo, Texas. I was issued at 22.06 UTC. So, it wasn't unexpected. The warnings were there a day in advance. Hey, something severe could happen. 
It still doesn't take away from the fact that a tragic event unfolded and three lives were needlessly lost. Now, this can open up a whole debate on to, well, what do we do next? How do we prevent this from happening? And that, that's a conversation that we can have periodically, but right now is not the time. As we have families mourning, we have a community trying to figure out what the hell to do next. Do keep in mind that that is a conversation that's in the back of the mind of any, everyone in the meteorological field. The warnings are there, and the risks are known before the event happens. It's just a matter of informing the public to be aware of that. But again, I'm not going to go into that much more. It's a conversation for another time. Going back to this whole system as a whole. So unfortunately, Parrington, Texas had that tragic tornado. That's not the end of the system. Everything just didn't disappear after that tornado was gone. The shortwave trough was still here. This cold front was still here. This low pressure was still here. And it continued to move along the jet stream, traveling towards the southeastern United States. And we saw this happen. Right? It traveled into the Mississippi Valley eventually into Alabama and northwestern Florida. And this actually led to a tornado in Pensacola, Florida, which also tragically claimed the life of, at the time of recording, another individual. So this, this is a very dangerous system. As you can see, all this happened just on Thursday the 15th. At least four lives were claimed, dozens and dozens injured, lots of destruction as a result of these very, very strong, severe storms. But this wasn't. It. There's additional severe weather on Friday the 16th, which covered even greater parts of the country. Again, the Great Plains saw stuff, the Southeast saw stuff, but now we throw in the Mid-Atlantic as well, and things start to get all the more interesting. Right On Friday alone, the Great Plains saw more tornadoes in Oklahoma and Texas, along with DVD-sized hail, which was reported in Texas. That's the largest of this whole system, which is unfathomable. Six inches plus in diameter is a massive hailstone. The Mid-Atlantic saw severe storms, which led to strong gusts, quarter to half dollar sized tail, and a stray tornado in southeastern Virginia. Southeast had tornadoes in Louisiana, Florida, and Mississippi. Again, all this is on Friday. And baseball-sized hail was reported in the Tuscaloosa area of Alabama. So we had a very, very, very strong system all coming through over this two-day span. Started with the tragic supercells, which led to the unfortunate tornado in Perryville, Texas, on Thursday, and a Pensacola, uh, Florida tornado also on Thursday. But then the jet stream wasn't done. There's still a whole lot of unstable air in the in the region, which affected yet again the plains, the southeast, and then added Virginia to the mix as well, along with severe storms down in the Carolinas as well. Just a whole bunch all going on, all as a result of this jet stream. So I, I touched on it earlier. Why is the jet stream so wonky right now? Why are we seeing all this very, very odd weather? And it is very, very odd weather. This is not normal to see this, especially not in June. And I, I mentioned it earlier, I'll mention it again. The jet stream is essentially split over the North American continent right now. And this is something we typically see when El Nino is getting going for, um, for its cycle. But there's also a natural randomness to this, and it does happen from time to time. We don't know why. We really don't know why entirely. Just as, as randomly, the jet stream will here and there split over North America. It's happened before. Um, we've seen it tied to El Nino in the past, so many meteorologists are suspecting that El Nino is to blame for the current jet stream pattern that we're seeing. So this wonky jet stream is, is really to blame for a lot of where the severe weather is coming from, especially down south, southern part of the United States. 
I mean, it produced a lot of these tornadoes from these different supercells and strong thunderstorms. June 15th, there were 15 tornadoes just in the plains in the southeast. There were another 12 or so, give or take, up in Ohio. I, not even covering in this episode what was going on in Ohio, but Ohio had its own stuff going on up there. June 16th, there were an additional three tornadoes. One in Colorado, one in somewhere in the southeast, I forget the state, and then one in Virginia. Just all sorts of craziness going on as a result of this wonky jet stream. So hopefully this helps you put some science and some sense behind what you saw in the news. Again, I have a couple links down in the description below. I hope you take a look at those. might help clear up a few things about what I was talking about. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a rating so others who may be interested can also discover this podcast. Also, as I briefly mentioned earlier, I'm currently a student who's entering this type of media and platform for the first time. The first few episodes will be rocky as I work out the kinks in planning, recording, and communicating this content. So please, bear with me as I learn to navigate this new journey. I'm confident it's going to be worth it. And with that, enjoy your week and keep your eyes on the sky. Thank you.